Welcome to the Student Social Work Hub podcast. I'm Fee, a final year social work student, and I'm joined by Christine, also a final year social work student. This series will be exploring our placement experiences, how we're feeling, what we're learning, and lots of reflections along the way. We hope to invite some of you to join us also. We'd love to chat about your experiences too. We've never recorded a podcast before, so this is a massive learning experience, and we are really excited to get started. Welcome back to episode two of our podcast. Last week, we spoke about our worries and thoughts before placement. So today, we thought we'd revisit some of those. We spoke about when we would get access to our laptops and badges and how this would work with COVID. Christine, did you manage to get yours sorted before your start date? Yeah, so last time I think I said I'd had my meeting to get my badge and that came really quickly in the post. I think it was the day after or, you know, a couple of days. It was a lot quicker than I expected. But laptop and phone, on the other hand, I wasn't able to get that before. And so I ended up getting to the day of of starting and I hadn't heard anything. But I I didn't realise until I'd started that I wasn't actually working for the local authority. I was working NHS. So they've got a different protocol to the local authority where here there's like a big office where you just go and pick up a laptop it's quite straightforward and that's what I did for the last placement but not so much I think it's a bit trickier with the NHS but I'm kind of glad because I'm not working from home I'm actually in a psychiatric unit it just means that when I'm at home I'm actually at home spending time either on uni work or with my family whereas I think if I had a, a laptop to work from home, the lines would be a lot blurry. I find it hard to switch off. I know when I had the laptop on my last placement, we we had it at home and I, I did make a bad habit of just opening it up and leaving. And I was just like, oh, you know, I've got free time. I'll just do some work. I think that was quite hard. So I am a bit relieved, actually. Have you got a laptop that you've got at home? Are you finding that's a problem? Yeah, so I'm fortunate that my placement is a bit at home and I'm also getting some face-to-face as well. But I am finding on the days that I am working from home or even the days that I finish work at home. So I'm not so bad if I come from a visit straight home, but the days where I finish my day um, working from home on the laptop, I really struggle to sort of turn it off. Whereas if I left the office, I couldn't just quickly check my emails. Whereas I find sometimes when I finish at five, it'll be quarter past five and I'm hadn't had a reply to the email I really wanted to know about so I'd quickly go and check again yeah and I kept telling myself I need to stop doing it but it's just so easy when everything's at home just to check or do a little bit of extra work like you say yeah yeah and I find it much harder when I'm finishing at home and I think if I if I'm driving home from the office I sort of switch off on my drive home so I find when I'm in the office there is I don't have that switching off but I have found a bit of a tip for myself really is if I walk to pick my son up from nursery that feels like that commute home so I'm less likely then to sort of sign back in or quickly finish my work off but yeah this is the first time I've had a laptop at home my last placement I didn't have a laptop so when I finished and I wasn't in the office I couldn't check my emails or whatever and on my study days I wasn't in the office so I completely switched off from the placement work side of things and just focused on my uni work so I think that is going to be a challenge for me this year and I'm going to have to be strict with myself (laughs) And find the balance, really. But yeah, it's something I find difficult. So have you got no working from home at all? No, I mean, 
my practice educator said to have Fridays as my study days, but she's given me like lots of articles and things that I can read in my own time. So there's not any need for me to have a laptop, I don't think. I, I think she's going to look into it, but I think because it's a bit trickier, I'm not sure whether it'll happen or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive bookworm, so I've always got things to read and I am always learning. I had my first study day on Friday. And I was really productive and focused and found it worked really well. She'd give me some information about the place where I'm actually working at the moment. And I found that quite helpful. That was really good. Are you on placement five days a week or do you have a study day every week? Every two weeks. It's like a nine day fortnight, which is working. Well, I've only had one study day um, because this is my third week now. But I've not had a set day um, just because... It just didn't work. Like there was always a team meeting in a few weeks' time. I booked my study days out for the whole of placement. Um, I perhaps educated thought that would be better just to make sure I get it yeah. in. Diary soon fills up. It does it? so quickly, yeah. Especially when there's like regular meetings that you want to attend every week. Yeah, and our team are doing each member of the team does uh, deliver CPD to the rest of the team. Oh wow! Every few weeks. Yeah, that, that looks like it's gonna be really interesting. Because I'd planned to have my study days every other Monday, uh-huh. just more productive on a Monday morning, you know, yeah. get uni work done. But then I didn't want to miss those. I thought they'd be really interesting. So I've just sort of put it midweek, see how that works. Will you get a chance to do the CPD for the staff as well? Or is that just the paid members as well? Yeah, so my practice educator spoke about it in our learning agreement meeting. I don't know if you guys call that the yeah. same what terminology is just for our uni or <laughs> but yeah so for our learning agreement meeting she'd said that she'd already thought about me delivering one at the end of placement for pcf9 that's great yeah so it's a good opportunity i'm not sure what i'll do yet but she did say something will come up in one of my cases that will be interesting so the next one that's being delivered to us is on hoarding so one of the social workers has got a case that she's working at the moment so yeah she's doing a bit of a case study on this case and talking about it and getting ideas from everybody but sort of delivering the approach that she's taken Mm -hmm. with everybody so so yeah it's quite really interesting I'm really looking forward to it actually that's really interesting I know that's relevant for one of the cases at my placement as well it would be interesting to share research if, if that comes up in the CPD if there's any links to articles or journals or books or anything that that would be awesome if you wanted to share that yeah definitely I think this social worker I've spoke to who's delivering it she's very research focused and she's already sent me a bit of research on another case that I'm working on so I'm, I'm pretty certain there'll definitely be some research and yeah been really helpful in sort of just every so often she'll just send me an email like oh this might this might be useful for the case you're working on and sharing resources and research so yeah definitely I'll share mm, that. It's so helpful when you can I mean you can only find so much yourself and I think if you know what other people are working on or looking to get into I think it can be really helpful if we can share resources I know one of my uh, student friends I know her dissertation topic so if I'm it's it's similar to mine but not the same so I often stumble upon like articles or whatever and I think oh that might be really helpful for her and similarly she'll do the same for me so it's quite nice if you know people's interests you can you can pass that on isn't it definitely and I think it helps not sure if you thought about your portfolio and the written pieces of placement yet Mm -hmm. but it's really helped store up those pieces of research yeah I was already having a look at 
what we actually need to do for our placement it's, it's similar to what we did for last year is it the same for you yeah, yeah. so I was going to ask what you call yours because ours is called RPAs which is reflective practice analysis do you call that the same no well similar as is just called the practice analysis yeah. but obviously expectations of reflections so. yeah so we have to write six of those I think it was four last year but because it's an extra was it 30 days we have to do two extra pieces so I managed to get my first one done after my first week of placement I did it on Sunday and um, so I was quite impressed with myself <laughs> what's the word count if there's six of them is it they haven't got like a set word count or anything some of them have got suggested words so I think it's like between a thousand and fifteen hundred it's not I don't think you need to be strict about it. They'd rather you were concise than ramble on for loads of words. So I think around about a thousand words is is what you want to stick with. That's that's certainly what I've gone for. And last year that that was okay. But I guess it's probably going to depend on your personal advisors and what they want from you, really. Mm, It's really interesting because ours is quite different to that. Obviously, it's called the practice analysis, but we do. It's 7,500 words. Mm. And choose to do two pieces or three. Last year it was six thousand words, so I did three two thousand word analyses. Like you pick three cases basically and do an analysis and reflection on the case. Mm-hmm. It's just the same, but seven thousand five hundred. So I'll probably choose three again, just so I can write about more things. Yeah, that's really interesting yeah. how that's different, isn't yeah. it? And we've also got like an end of placement reflective account that we have to do so I'm wondering if we've got six of like the thousand word ones that six thousand whether our end yeah. one is like that extra 1500 but it's just broken up into separate I don't really know how different just our unis are so it'd be interesting to hear how everybody else does it as well definitely yeah Oh, two th- I was just having a look while I was on there. It's two- our reflective account of learning, which we do right at the end, is 2,000 words. So we're a little bit over. We do the 6,000, then the 2,000. What else is expected of you while you're on placement apart from that? We do three formal observations. Yeah, we do that. Um, some writing, written pieces with them. But they're not word counted, those written pieces. They're sort of reflections on the observations. Yeah, so you sort of plan it then get feedback from the observer and the individual you were working mm-hmm. with and then you reflect on the back so I find them quite helpful actually they don't feel like a piece of work and then yeah just the placement really we just have to say how we meet each PCF there's a space in our thousand word RPAs that we have to do where we say what PCFs or social work England standards we meet as part of that reflection so we have to link yeah. it in as we go I guess it's the same you were saying about practice learning agreement, which you do at the start. And then we've got a mid-placement one. And then there's one at the end. In each of those, we then have to link into what PCFs will be hitting with things that will be mentioned in those documents as well. Is that the same for you? Yeah, pretty similar. We just don't have one at the end. But by the midpoint, we sort of have to be able to discuss how we can evidence the PCFs. And if there's a worry that, a PCF might not be met by the end and how we can sort of go about meeting that. I think with my team, because it's so varied in the work, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem meeting all the PCFs at all. Yeah. In the opportunity for work. Whereas I know one of the ASYE social workers on the team, he said he did his in the MASH team, which is multi-agency safeguarding hub. Yeah. 
So I think that local thing, it's just basically where the safeguarding calls, it's like a point of access and then it gets referred on. Yeah. So it was like taking a phone call and referring on. So it was the same kind of work. And he struggled to meet certain PCFs. So I had to go by his midpoint review. He had to then go out and about to different teams just so he could meet oh, them. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, sort of, it's helpful. It's obviously better than realising just before the end that you've not met a certain one yeah I think I might be in a similar situation so the team that I work in is there's only one social worker there so there's psychologists and psychiatrists and um, psychotherapists and a lot of mental health nurses but only the one social worker so I'm wondering whether I might also struggle with meeting some of the PCS but I think it might just be being creative with how you do things so I don't know I guess time will tell like you say by the midway report you're going to have a good idea of whether you're hitting those PCFs or not aren't you so that's a good time to tell but actually my practice educator is training to be an AMP which is approved mental health practitioner and she said the last two months of my placement which is February and March I won't be able to be with her so I'll have to find a placement elsewhere so I think if there was any PCFs that I am not going to be hitting I might be able to get placed on another team like a local authority team which will help me meet those last ones I'm quite excited about it actually because it means I'll get more experience on a different team I am loving where I am it's quite challenging because it's mental health but equally I'm really excited to be there how are you finding your one yeah I really they're really like a supportive team which is very especially with not being in the office as much so because I've got some working from home days and some office days it's quite difficult to just ask simple questions but the team have been really supportive and sort of empathetic about the situation that I'm in trying to learn and not being in the office so they're always sort of like messaging me on we use Skype and Teams and just making sure that I'm okay and helping out and yeah so there's it's a team of social workers and community care officers so I'm sort of see both sides but yeah really exciting I'm getting involved in quite a bit I've got five cases now that's cool <laughs> that's really good so, yeah so it went from nothing to five very quickly yeah but the nature of the work in this team is that three of those are reviews that I'll review and then pass back to the district teams uh-huh. so they sort of come in and out and um, but I've got two cases that I'll be sort of case managing uh-huh. so I'm a bit more now that I feel like I'm getting stuck in a bit more and I actually have out what I'm doing now <laughs> yeah do you find with those five cases that's a manageable amount for you are you finding yourself overwhelmed or do you think that's just right first I felt a bit overwhelmed because I was like I actually don't know what I need to do with these mm-hmm. but one of my practice educator and she said like you know you don't have to do them immediately because that's what I felt like they'd come into my box and I was like, oh, my God, I need to do something right now. Yeah. She was like, look, we don't have to do anything. We've got a meeting tomorrow where two of them that I'm going to be case managing, we're going to sit down and think about sort of the options that could sort of routes that we could go down. Mm-hmm. She said to me today, because I feel like five isn't many once I've got the hang of it. But she said to me today, my practice educator, that what we'll do is we'll really work on these ones first and like discuss the theories and approaches I'm using and really sort of pick them apart. And then I can start picking some more up, which I thought was really helpful and 
I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to be thrown a few more, but she sort of wanted us to pick them apart first and have really good discussions about these ones before I get any more. So I was feeling overwhelmed, but I feel a little bit better now. Have you got any cases or does it work like that with cases? No, it doesn't. So it doesn't really work like that because it's in the psychiatric unit. There's 12 beds there. So it's, it's a lot more medical than social there. But there is a place for social work. Not everybody has involvement with the social worker so it's quite yes I think it's quite I mean I've only done one week so I'm still sort of getting my head around how it works but there's it's very inclusive there's nobody left behind everybody has a say I feel like it's you know being a multidisciplinary team everybody is sort of does their part and it works really well think on local authority because you're in an office with social workers it's quite hard sometimes to get different teams together that's how it I perceived it anyway in my last placement so you know trying to get in touch with say psychologist you know you're two different offices and it's quite hard getting these both together let alone getting more people than that in the room together but everybody's sort of in the same office well you know everyone's got their own office but they have meetings every single day about the patients there they are they are called patients not service users there because again it's medical model so that's also really hard to get my head around sometimes I think as well but I am loving it and and when I'm in the meetings as well the staff are amazing they'll they'll quite often look over to me and sort of explain something that because I've only just appeared I don't really know the background and thing they'll say oh we're talking about this because of this uh, and I find that's really helpful for me because I'm otherwise I'm just scratching my head thinking, oh, I'm sure I'll pick it up. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get a feel for everybody as time goes on. I'm, you know, people don't expect me to know everything or right in the first week. So it's really nice when the staff do fill me in because I think if I questioned everything or oh, why are you talking about that or what does this mean that I don't think the meetings would get very far so I'm sort of just listening and absorbing at the moment and then I think in the following weeks I'll start asking a bit more. Yeah see I've had um, not that they've not been supportive in explaining things but some of the work's quite fast-paced mm-hmm. so when people are talking about what to do or the cases and stuff there's been times where there's a lot I don't know if it's the same um where you are but there's so many acronyms Mm -hmm. and they're like oh someone said to me the other day so I think we'll go forward and you can do the CASA for this person and I was like the what (laughs) they meant care and support assessment oh wow I sort of just nodded (laughs) and then like walked away and then went and asked someone else I was like what's a CASA and it made so much more sense yeah and it was very, like, I don't know why I didn't realise, but Care and Support Assessment and then the acronym CASA. Yeah. To me, I was like a team or somewhere I needed to refer. And I just don't understand why they couldn't say Care and Support Assessment. No, I know but what you mean. I, At the first meeting that I went into, I felt the same. There was so many acronyms and I was just like, whoa literally don't know what you just said. And I think after that, I started taking a notepad in because... I want. I just started writing them down because there was so many. I, like I say, I, we would have been there forever if I'd have stopped them and said, "What's this one? What's that one?" So I wrote them down and just asked my practice educator afterwards because my my supervisor is also my practice educator, so we're, that's who I'm shadowing at the moment and working with. So I write them down and just ask her afterwards. And like you say, once you know what they are, you're like, "Oh yeah, of course it is." But yeah. it makes you feel really stupid when when they're using them. But I guess 
Mm. For you, you're saying it's a really fast-paced office, so using those acronyms to be quicker. Or I'm not sure it's quite so fast-paced in the psychiatric unit, but they do have a lot of meetings. They have got meetings every day about the young people that are there, so I, I guess it could be same reason. Yeah, and it comes natural for people that know what they mean. Mm-hmm. I think when we're sat there and they're just they're just having a conversation as they would do, I think. Mm-hmm. Also on like note taking and stuff like that, people seem to use acronyms and then it just becomes part of the normal language. Yeah. The social worker that I went and asked what Castleman actually sent me her own list that she made when she started of acronyms <laughs> and what they were. That's a really so, good idea. Yeah. So I have that now. So I had to go today and look at another one when my practice educator told me that potentially we could do a MIS. And I actually can't remember what it is, but we could refer them to MIS. So that might be happening. I need to remind myself what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think we'll soon get used to them. But yeah, I find them. I've heard people use them in front of individuals they're working with as well. Mm. And I find it really difficult because I don't understand them. I, I think that's the difference, isn't it? I think if it's with a client or a service user, I think if it's with that person, you need to question it and say, what does that mean? However, in a room full of professionals, I don't feel quite so confident about because it's for me. It's much easier for me to question it on behalf of somebody else and say, actually, what do you mean by this? What does that mean? If there's someone there that I think is going to benefit from that doing it for myself I'd rather just write it down and then ask my practice educator afterwards are you a bit like that as well? uh, no definitely I think um I've been having sort of regular daily sort of check-ins with my practice educator because you know I'm not seeing her that much mm. because I've been going into the office once a week um as a set day and then going in if I have visits near the office where it makes sense to go in in between kind of thing yeah the sort of advice at the moment is to not go in unless necessary so she's been sort of ringing me every day so now I've realized that she's going to ring me every day I've been sort of like making little notes of what to ask her just so I'm not constantly messaging her that's a good idea sort of because I know she's going to ring me and she's sort of said that she's just going to check in because she knows she's not seeing me which is big but but also I think although working from home and Covid has meant there's been challenges one of the positives is in the office people are on the phone and chatting and doing things and sometimes it's quite hard to ask a question even though sometimes it's easier just to ask people are more accessible to quickly ring or instant message on Skype Mm -hmm. there and they're more likely to reply straight away well I found it feels a more sort of receptive to just give me a quick ring and checking in and things like that that I feel like I might have got a bit more lost in a full office but everybody's really hectic I've had that time where people have just randomly rang me and said how's things going and are you doing this are you doing that you asked me one question so I thought I'd just ring and let you know some other stuff so yeah although it's been tricky I feel like I wouldn't have had my practice educator checking in on me every day if it wasn't for working from home yeah feels a bit more supportive or certainly it sounds like it's a a lot more supportive which I think as a student is really important because you do feel a bit like you feel like you should know but then you obviously can't know it all because you're a student definitely sounds like a really good position to be in having that like you say the instant messages or it's it's a bit different because I am in placement every day so I'm my practice educator's office just down the corridor from me so I can just pop in and ask her but equally I have found that the staff 
at the unit are are so nice and helpful I'll often just ask like the occupational therapist shares an office with me so I'll I'll ask her or if I'm in another meeting with somebody else I'll, I'll equally ask the psychologist or something and everyone's so helpful it's so nice and like they have them um, safety briefings every morning and they'll often say oh we've got a student today um have you got things to do when those if there's meetings happening or groups happening or they'll say do you want to attend to these and i find that's really nice knowing that i don't know it feels like they're they're receptive to me being there and learning from everything that goes on there having that supportive network around you is really important when things are so tricky at the moment with covid there's just so much uncertainty i'm finding it really beneficial it's, it's a bit different from your situation but equally I'm feeling quite supported by the team around me as well. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think to finish, I was just wondering if you were feeling similar to me. Everyone keeps asking me if I'm on my first or final placement. Mm. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel so much pressure when I have to admit that it's my final placement because I feel like I should be. like Because it's my final placement, I should be much more ahead than I am. And I feel like there's a bit of pressure with it being my last placement. I don't know if you feel the same. I've not I've not really given it any thought. And I think because nobody's really asked me, I've not thought about it. Mm. But I can, I can see where you're coming from. It does feel like if someone's asked, you know, if you're thinking someone's on their second placement as opposed to their first, they probably should be at a certain level of competency. But equally, I think most people are aware that our first placements didn't go as they should have planned so I think a lot of a lot of employers need to be mindful that we're not going to be up to where previous years might have been and equally I think when we do qualify we might need extra guidance and support when when social workers get back into the office eventually we might need a little bit more than other people who have qualified in previous years yeah no I agree I think um for me this is my first sort of local authority placement so I feel like having a whole placement with covid obviously by the time I qualify I'm not so sure that things will be much different but eventually things will hopefully get back to more sort of visits face-to-face more normal dare I say (laughs) um Yeah, and obviously I won't have had that opportunity to have done social work in that sort of environment. So yeah, I think I do think, like you say, sort of ASYE and expectations of where we are when we've not had that sort of face to face. I know we are getting face to face, but I'm thinking of other students. Um, I know some of my peers are working from home every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same in, with me as well. I do wonder how how that might feel for them as well. It'd be great to hear from other people about it. Have you managed to keep a reflective journal? Yes. So not as reflective as last year. I feel like I put a lot more theory into it last year, whereas this year it's become a bit more of a personal ramble. Mm-hmm. But it's been helpful to sort of sit and type out how I'm feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I've added. I've not sort of done it as academically as I did last year. And I think that's because I found it a bit more stressful is probably not the right word, but I think I'm just trying to get my head around it. I have found it really helpful. Yeah. Um, have you been it as well? Yeah, well, I mean, I've only been in placement for a week, but I've managed to write something every single day that I've been on placement and I'm hoping to keep up with it. I wouldn't have thought to write theory in mine. 
like you say, I, it's quite personal for me. I would never hand it over to somebody and say, here's my reflective journey. Like it's quite how things are affecting yeah. me and how cases have built emotions up inside of me or yeah it's quite personal I, it's it is very reflective yeah so I used mine last year to help write my practice analysis mm-hmm. so having the theory in there was helpful whereas like you say I didn't find the work I was doing last year had as much of a personal impact on me whereas this year it has so it has become like you say a bit of a more personal journey and I, I and I wouldn't share that in my practice analysis mm-hmm. but I think it'll be look back so today I did a visit and it looks it looks like I'm going to go back and do an assessment and I think I'm going to use that for one of my practice analysis the write-up of the assessment I do yeah so it will be helpful to sort of back at what I thought the first time I did my visit and like I say last year the theory was there to pull out for my analysis but I don't know I found it much more helpful just to keep it personal this time yeah I have got you know, one of those little books, um, how to write a refer- reflective journal. So I think the key is to make it personal to you. So if you find something helps for you, go with that. There's no right or wrong way to write in a reflective journal. Just do what is best for you and just about what's being the most helpful for us, really. And I, I think I mentioned in the last one, not having something to look back to when I did come to write up the pieces of work at the end really wasn't helpful so I think having anything at all will be helpful it would be good to hear from other people I think about whether they're doing reflective logs or whether they have done if they're not on placement yeah I think it's good to hear how other people are coping and like you're saying how people are managing working from home if they're in the office at all yeah be good to hear everybody's experiences really Well, that wraps up today's episode of our placement podcast here at the Student Social Work Hub. We hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts and feelings about our placements. If you've got any questions or you want to ask us or maybe you want to share anything with us, just get in touch. We'll be looking to have some guest students on the future to talk about their own experiences and enlighten us on other types of placement. You can find us on Twitter under the handle of at SW Bohemians or our website is www.socialworkstudent.com alternatively we're also on Instagram and Facebook if you want to find us there as well thanks for joining us today and we look forward to sharing our journey with you see you next week